Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to an all-new edition of the Metropolitan Report. I am your host, Alfred Parsar Jr. We're here on this podcast. We talk about any and everything New York Mets. Today is Thursday, June 10th, 2021. And just a reminder, the Metropolitan Report is a proud member of the Studious Minds Podcast Network. Uh, we're going to recap the Baltimore Orioles series. Uh, a very disappointing series, to say the least. Uh, I expected a sweep, but we'll get into that in just a bit. We're going to talk about things we liked, things we didn't like. A uh, certain player that we've harped on that I've seen enough of. And then we'll go ahead and get some predictions as far as the upcoming San Diego Padres series and the upcoming Chicago Cubs series on the upcoming homestand that starts tomorrow. So, entering today, the New York Mets have a three-and-a-half game lead in the National League East over the second-place Atlanta Braves. Uh, The Braves just lost to the Philadelphia Phillies for the second game in a row. Two games, two consecutive walk-offs. Shout-outs to the Philadelphia Phillies for helping us out there. But uh, the Mets, uh, they played the Orioles Tuesday and yesterday, and... I, at this point, it's like beating a dead horse. David Peterson, some, some, something's got to give. You know, this guy had a, had a decent rookie season last year in the truncated uh, COVID-19 affected season in 2020. Uh, due to injuries to Carlos Carrasco and Noah Syndergaard, he makes the starting rotation by default this season out of camp. And once again... David Peterson continues to look horrible. Like I, I, I just, I just don't understand how not only Luis Rojas, who's the manager, but the front office. I just don't understand how they 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 stand by this guy. Another uh, starting outing, another horrid pitching performance by one David Peterson, and it just, it just doesn't make sense. We'll go to Tuesday's loss, which was a 10-3 loss, by the way. Uh, David Peterson, in this game, pitched two and two-thirds innings, allowed eight hits, four runs. He walked one, struck out four. but And he, and he falls to one and five on the year. Uh, I, I just don't understand. It's very unfair to the bullpen as well uh, that they have to work uh, five and one-thirds innings to finish the game. Uh, it just, it's beyond me. It's like, and I said this on the last edition of the Metropolitan Report, it's like, how much more do we have to see? It's, it's mind boggling to me at this point. Like I, I don't understand. I don't get it. It's just like, like when is enough enough? The Mets are in first place. The advantage is only three and a half games, which is not a lot. There's still plenty of season left. You're, you're trying to win the division in a in a year that that the expectations are high. The new owner Steve Cohen comes here and 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 talks about how he, he's in a win now mode. But you can't be in a win now mode with a starter who's one in five with an ERA north of six. You just can't. You cannot. Say what you want. Say what you will. But. And, and, and I'm going to be very honest when I say this. If the New York Mets were a National League Central or even a National League West team, which is even worse, 
We wouldn't be in first place. Not with a starter like Peterson. We're lucky that the National League East or the NL East, as I've come to call it, is a mediocre division. We're very, very, very fortunate that the NL East has both the Miami Marlins and the Washington Nationals and an unusually slumping Atlanta Braves in this division. Shoutouts to the Phillies. But you have so many options of what you can do. But you know what? Before we get into those options, Luis Rojas, once again. And this guy, I understand that he's the manager of the team. But as the manager, you should be able to go to the front office. He should be able to go to Sandy Alderson and Zach Scott and, and say, hey, this, this kid needs to go back to the minors. He needs more seasoning. Luis Rojas was a, was a minor league player and development specialist before he became a manager. So if anybody need, if there's anybody in the organization who should know who needs to get more seasoning, it should be Luis. But here's what he had to say when the press questioned him after Tuesday's game about David Peterson's status going forward. Today, once again, he had a good fastball. I thought there were a couple of uh, good sliders thrown today, but the secondary stuff's still a little inconsistent right now, I think. Uh, whether, you know, pitches are for a ball or some of them are hanging. There are a couple of pitches up, like the changeup up to Severino. They got the rally going for them in that second inning. Um, and then a couple other pitches. So it's just missing spots, you know, missing pitches over the plate that are, you know, hittable. And then, you know, also with secondary pitches that are ball out of the hand. So uh, I think those are affecting him. Uh, they're creating those situations that we saw tonight uh, tonight with the sequence of uh, driven balls, a bunch of doubles, extra base hits. Uh, uh, it's just a repetition of the mistakes just kept kept happening and led to another short outing for him. So, you know, this this only is going to take him and us to work hard and, uh, you know, look forward for the next start. And uh, we seem PDB being successful and going through lineups one, two, and three times. First off, did Luis Rojas just say he sees Peterson and by the way, I'm not calling him Petey. I refuse to call him Petey. But did he just say that he sees Peterson being successful going through lineups two or three times? He can't even get out of the second inning! He can't make it out of the second inning. So how can he go through a lineup two or three times? And you even said it, Rojas. The repetition of mistakes. Well, how about this? Because he keeps repeating the same mistakes start after start. How about instead of just saying he keeps making mistakes, how about we just say he's not ready to play at this level? Or how about we say he just doesn't have any stuff? Instead of lying to the media, lying to the fans, lying to the people, and saying, oh, it's just mistakes, we'll, we'll, we'll get him right. How, like I said, how much more do you need to see? He's been on the roster since opening day. How much more do you need to see? You want to talk about repetition of mistakes. Like, I think the, the, the time limit and the allowance for mistakes is done. In 11 starts, he's 1-5. in five. 
He has five no decisions, an ERA of 6.32. The Mets, the Mets have some options here. They can go, they can go to the farm system, and they can. They, there is a there is a, a decent starting pitcher by the name of Thomas Sapucky, who's who's in Syracuse right now. The only knock on Sapucky, they say he has to develop his changeup a little bit more. But why don't you give him a chance instead of letting some some guy here because he had a decent season in a in a in a bizarre season last season? Why continue to give him a chance? Why? Why don't you go to some other unproven young young talent who who who, who hasn't had a chance yet? Thomas Sapucky was called up. Uh, for that doubleheader against the Rockies a couple weeks ago, but was never used. Give him a chance. Let's see what that kid's got. Frank, Franklin Killamay is in is in AAA Syracuse. Why not bring him up and see what he's got? You can go and get a free agent. There are a couple decent uh, free agent starting pitchers uh, still around. As much of a veteran as he is, Edwin Jackson is is, is playing for Team USA right now, and and he's he's playing well. Why not give him a shot once the once once the Olympics is is over? They've qualified already. Team USA's qualified already. I'm pretty sure you can sign Edwin Jackson to a deal. So I I, I don't understand. Rick Porcello didn't pan out last year, but again, last year was a weird year. Why not give him another look? I don't know. Uh, uh, like I said, if you want to keep it within the organization. Thomas Sapucky is already on the 40-man roster. Give him a try. Killamay's on the 40-man roster. Give him a try. Anything would be better than David Peterson right now. But once Carrasco or Thor comes back, whichever happens first, you know Peterson is, is, on, is on his way out of town. The thing that kills me, though, the Mets have gotten rid of others who have done far, far less or who haven't done as worse. Granted, Cam Mabin, one one for twenty eight. He could have he could have still stayed a little bit. Jake Hager was a hero in a game against Miami. The very next day, DFA'd. But yet we still hang on to David Peterson, who loses us games. Granted, he he has he has the five no decisions, but he's lost us five games. One start, he can't make it out of the first inning. The very next start, can't make it out of the second inning. Good teams, ba- good teams destroy him. Bad teams destroy him. The Arizona Diamondbacks destroyed him twice this season, and they're one of the worst teams in all of Major League Baseball. He's getting destroyed by the Baltimore Orioles, which are a very lowly team. I don't know how much more Peterson I could take. And Luis Rojas is, is, is as equal to blame. The front office is also is as equal to blame. Part of being in the front office, those guys are, are supposed to look at numbers. They're supposed to see that, okay, this guy is not panning out. He's not working. So, something's got to give. Like, you can't see this guy. He, he's here struggling. You, you're, and granted, it's not the dog days of summer yet. It's not July. It's not August. The All-Star break is a month away, yes. 
But still, you want to win as many of these games as possible early on so that you don't have to play catch-up like the Mets were trying to do in 2019 when they were trying to get that wild-card spot. The Mets are in first by three and a half games. There's, there's, no, there's no recovery period or time period to recover from, from a collapse. I mean, I feel like I'm beating a dead horse here because it's like every edition of the Metropolitan Report, we always have to bring up David Peterson and then his poor stuff. The kid just doesn't have it. He's not major league ready. Like I said on the last edition of the report, this is a guy never played any level of baseball above double A until he got called up to the majors last season. He needs to go to triple A. He has yet to play in triple A. And he, he could benefit from getting some some innings uh, in AAA before he, he's brought back to the show. But he can't stay in the show much longer. I think he should be gone. When you see him on the mound, his body language suggests he has no confidence. His stuff suggests he has no confidence. He looks nervous out there. I, I, I've seen all of David Peterson... That I need that I need to see this season. If they send him down and never bring him back up, and like I said, should he somehow magically still be on this roster come playoff time if the Mets manage to hang on to the division and make the playoffs, would they realistically put David Peterson on the mound in in in, in the NLDS, in the NLCS, or even if the Mets can make it to a World Series? Would would anybody feel comfortable with David Peterson on the mound? No. The only people that would feel comfortable with David Peterson on the mound in those situations are the opposing team because they know they can tee off on him. The Baltimore Orioles Tuesday night, they were like a they were like a shark in the water and they saw a guppy. They had fun. But switching gears here, talking about having fun. The Mets last night turned it around. They had fun. Everybody got in on the action against the Baltimore Orioles, and, and they split the series. Billy McKinney home run. Pete Alonso home run. Kevin Pillar, who, as time goes on, just increasingly becomes more of a fan favorite. He himself is 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 continuing to produce even after that horrific facial injury when he got struck by the fastball against the Braves by Jacob Webb he hit a home run so th- this Mets team when they when they fire on all cylinders like that and this is not the first time we've seen a a manhandling of an opponent remember what they did to Atlanta at City Field a couple weeks ago on that nationally televised game on Fox destroyed the Braves 13 to 2 so this this Mets team they're 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 scary dangerous and and look look at the names, Brandon McKinney. Hitting home runs. The former Milwaukee Brewer who we traded for because of the the injury issues. So this this Mets team everybody's uh everybody's stepping up. Mason Williams had a home run. So again uh. And it's crazy because a lot of these fringe guys like McKinney, like a Mason Williams, like a Brandon Drury, they know that when the team is back to being fully healthy, they don't have jobs anymore in the show. 
unless they were to get traded or DFA'd and somebody else was to pick them up. So, it's like when, when, when Nimmo and Conforto and McNeil and Albert Almora Jr. all come back, it's like it's, it's going to be bittersweet because, again, Brandon Drury, Billy McKinney, Mason Williams, they're all, they're all producing. Kevin Pillar, who when the outfield was 100% healthy, was a bench guy. What do you, what do, you do with him? His bat has been hot lately. I mean, that's a good. Pro- these are good problems to have when you have all these productive guys, and when your main guys come back, you got to find somewhere for these guys to go. That that's a that's a good problem to have. Not everybody's clicking on all cylinders, but I mean, the resiliency of these of these backups. Uh, Jonathan VR, who when originally signed, he was going to have a bench role. He's played a, a, a key role. He's been a key cog in this machine. But Taiwan Walker pitches last night. The Mets manhandle the Baltimore Orioles, which they should have done in the first game. But when David Peterson pitches, I, I lose all faith in the Mets, to be honest with you. But a tremendous, tremendous, tremendous uh, outing. Matt Harvey was the starting pitcher for the Orioles. This is the second time the Mets have seen Matt Harvey this season and the second time they've teed off on him. Um, it's safe to say that his career probably is over. In his last three starts, he has an ERA north of 11. Uh, so the Matt Harvey that used to pitch for us, it's clear that he's no more. But we're going to take a break. After the break, we're going to discuss the Mets' upcoming schedule. And we're also going to discuss some comments made by Pete Alonso on this sticky substance situation. You're listening to the Metropolitan Report. I'm Alfred Parsar, Jr. What's up, y'all? This is Barry Grant Jr., host of the All Even Podcast. I'm tuning in with my man Alfred, host of the Metropolitan Report. That's the only place that I get my Mets news from. Tap in, because trust me, that's crazy. Do you have an event that needs a design? How about planning? You can take care of all your event needs with ARJ Signature Design, run by Alnisa Reed Jenkins, where you can get custom floral designs, event designs, set designs, as well as retail and commercial installs. You can get all that done by Alnisa Reed Jenkins of ARJ Signature Design with event planning and event designing and is also a family-run business. Again, that's ARJ Signature Design. And you can go ahead and get your free consultation by contacting Ms. Reed Jenkins at ARJSignatureDesign.com. They do a great job. And again, if you need any event florals, custom floral designs, or set design, whether you're commercial, retail, or personal, ARJ Signature Design can get the job done for you. Again, that's ARJSignatureDesign.com for your free consultation now. And we're back here on the Metropolitan Report. And before the break, we said when we came back from the break that we were going to discuss this sticky substance situation. So... Uh, For those of you who don't know, uh, Major League Baseball will now be cracking down on the substances that uh, a pitcher can use when gripping the baseball. Um, There have been several instances this year. Uh, Trevor Bauer of the Los Angeles Dodgers was caught up in this, uh, I I don't want to say scandal, but uh, he he was caught up in this controversy. 
uh, Giovanni Gallegos of the San, of the St. Louis Cardinals. Um, his hat was confiscated by umpire Joe West uh, several weeks ago when the Cardinals played the White Sox because the umpire uh, alleged that Gallegos had an illegal substance on the bill of his cap and forced him to, to get a new hat. Otherwise, he faced being ejected from the game. Um, so, and there's been no secret. This has been going on uh, for years. A lot of uh, veterans have been doing this type of thing. Uh, whether it's on the rosin bag, there's a, a substance on the on the tip of their cap. Some guys even as brazen to have a substance uh, on their forearm that they touch before they they uh, pitch a ball. So uh, the main purpose of this is to maintain a better grip on the baseball. And Pete Alonso sounded off on his opinion of pitchers using these substances. And I found his comments very interesting. Here's what he had to say. I don't care what they use. I mean, for me, I use pine tar when I go to hit. I have a lizard skin. I have batting gloves. Like, I have the most advantage when it comes to holding on my bat. So I wouldn't care because on our on-deck bag, we have pine tar rag, a pine tar stick, um, like a like a special sticky spray, rosin. I mean, you name it, we have it. I mean, I wouldn't care if they had that behind the mound to help hold on to the ball because when we start getting into these hotter months, guys start to sweat, and let's say if they lose a fastball arm side, I mean, we all saw what happened to Kevin Pollard, and that's that's scary. And we're lucky that he only got he only had a broken nose, and I mean, it could be a lot worse depending on um, depending on where it hits a guy. I mean, 100 mile an hour fastball, even though you're wearing a helmet, that's that's scary. So I'd, I'd rather have guys have as much stick as possible and focus on throwing the ball in the box as opposed to taking it away from them. So a bit of an interesting perspective there from Pete Alonso. And, you know, I personally am not in favor of unfair advantages. I'll, I'll be quite frank. Um, I'm a 90s kid. I started watching baseball at the height of the steroid era. I prefer this era of baseball over that era of baseball. I prefer a clean sport, no no uh, unnatural advantages. And I and, and even though Pete makes a good point, because I didn't think about this until he said it, you know, if these guys are able to grip the baseball better, then things like Kevin Pillar getting beamed in the face and, and breaking his nose in several places doesn't happen. Okay, granted. But what about those guys who use these substances? They, they grip the baseball, and now all of a sudden, you're, you're, uh, Pete Alonso's to swing the bat. Because of all that sticky residue on the baseball, now his exit velocity is down. Now, instead of a homer, the ball dies on the warning track because, again, if there's going to be that sticky substance... Physics would, would, would suggest, don't you think, that you're not going to be able to, to hit the ball as far or as hard as you would you would like. Especially because these guys, like Pete said, he's using pine tar on the bat. So pine tar on the bat plus a sticky baseball, a base hit may turn into a, to a slow roller ground out. We've seen guys, now that they're cracking down on these substances, guys like Garrett Cole of the Yankees having bad outings now. I don't know if if the two are. Uh, uh, I don't know if the two, uh, them cracking down on the substances of Gary Cole's uh, shaky performances, 
have anything to do with each other. But you can go and watch the tape and even watch uh, Garrett Cole's presser the other day where uh, he dodged the questions about the substances. But Pete does make a good point. Uh, but I, personally, I would prefer them not to use the substances because, again, as physics would suggest, Pete, Pete is a power guy. You're hitting sticky baseballs with the pine tar on your bat. Now, instead of a home run, you, 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 you've got to fly out to center. But that's all I'm going to say on that particular topic. The Mets schedule, before we wrap it up for today on the Metropolitan Report, upcoming schedule, starting tomorrow, the Mets start a seven-game homestand. Friday through Sunday, the Padres are in town. And then the first place, Chicago Cubs, Monday through Thursday. These games are very important because, again, San Diego, second in the National League West. They're, they're right behind the San Francisco Giants. The Chicago Cubs are now the class of the National League Central. So these are two really good teams. To, now the, the Padres... Uh, they've, they've, they're playing the Cubs in the series now, and they've had up and down, back and forth with them. So both teams don't really have built-up momentum going into these series. However, the Mets need to take at least two of these San Diego games and at least a split in the Cubs games. Because like I said, the Philadelphia Phillies, they have the Braves number. They have momentum. They've been heating up. That's the team we need to worry about right now are the Phillies. So... Once again, you heard it here first. Um, the Mets need at least two games from San Diego and a split against the Cubs. Uh, tomorrow's matchup, two former Cy Young Award winners going at it. Uh, the Padres are sending out Blake Snell. The Mets sending out uh, Goat Jacob DeGrom, in a game that is sure to be a great pitching matchup. Of course, the Padres, 37-27. and 27. That's 10 games above 500. Uh, the Mets, 30-24, and 24, 6 games above 500. Uh, of course, again, like I've mentioned earlier, the Padres are playing in a much more competitive division than the Mets. Uh, as of right now, the Cubs, 35-27, and 27, 8 games above 500. Again, they too are in a much more competitive division than the New York Mets. So uh, the Metropolitan Report will be back on Sunday with our report after the Padres play the Mets. So look out for our podcast sometime after that game ends. And I've said everything else that there is to say, and the only thing left to say is, let's go Mets!